It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. For those who aren't aware, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. I don't think I got the language on that right, but Suicide Awareness Month. And it's a topic I want to talk about today in the context of motherhood because I believe, and I'm going to talk to a couple people today who I know agree with me, but also might have some reasons on why this is. I really think moms get left out of this conversation when we, when we talk about being at risk for suicide. And it's something that I've, I've always kind of noticed. And I experienced my own postpartum mood and anxiety disorder um, after the birth of my first child five years ago. And when we talk about maternal mental health, we often talk about, you know, that postpartum period. But I'd like to kind of broaden the conversation as well to you know, maternal mental health being that all-inclusive, um, you know, how moms are doing, right? How mom's mental health is doing. And that is really compounded by this pandemic that we're in, the fact that kids aren't in school and all of that. So we're going to dive into that today. Uh, joining me now, Brooke Dorf is the maternal mental health uh, specialist with the Utah Department of Health, and Megan Johnson is the co-founder of the Emily Effect and a certified social worker. Ladies, thank you for joining me, Brooke. Let me start with you. Talk to me about why you think moms kind of get left out of this suicide risk conversation. So I am so glad you're bringing this up. Um, I'm part of the Suicide Prevention Coalition for Utah, and really it's a matter of numbers. Um, there are other groups of people who are dying by suicide at higher numbers, including white males, teenagers. I mean, there's so many different populations that are affected by um, this particular cause of death. Um, and so because there aren't as many moms as there are other people, they often get left out. But every life is important and every single, um, you know, just because somebody doesn't die by suicide doesn't mean they aren't having suicidal ideation. I mean, this is such a complex thing to kind of unpack. But really, um, yeah, I would say that's that's the biggest reason. Yeah, and I, I recognize that. And I don't mean to make it sound like, hey, what about us over here? Like, we're important too. Everyone is important in this suicide risk conversation. So that is certainly not what I'm saying. But I do often, you know, hear us talk about suicide and don't often see the messaging directed towards moms in particular. And so that's kind of what I want to tackle today. Brooke, talk to me about the problem in Utah. What are we seeing as far as um, suicides rates with mothers in Utah? Um, so moms, one other thing I wanted to actually address also that you kind of made me think about is that is the stigma, right? Moms aren't supposed to be depressed and moms are not supposed to be dying by suicide. So there are all these other people that are dying by suicide and it makes sense because they have a hard time, you know, just living. 
but moms are supposed to be happy and glowy and kind of the glue that sticks the family together. So that is the other thing that I really wanted to bring up is that stigma. Um, but here in Utah, we have one in three moms that are experiencing depression or anxiety during pregnancy or postpartum. So that's, I mean, in this conversation, one out of the three of us would have it as according to our statistics. Um, and um, additionally, it's the second leading cause of death in, in Utah for pregnant and postpartum moms, only behind accidental drug overdose, which we know is related to mental health conditions as well. So one in three, I mean, let that sink in for a second. One in three, that is such a high number. I mean, it just yeah. breaks my heart. What do you do, Brooke, from a state level as far as getting these moms help? How are you, uh, how, how is the state trying to uh, address this issue? So a couple different things. Um, my sole job is to address this in a couple different populations. Number one is talking to moms and letting them know that it's okay to get help. Um, because moms feel like they can't get help because they feel like they have to be the strong person. Um, and we do that through Instagram as silly as it is, but that's where moms go during nap time or when kids go to bed at nine o'clock or when they're breastfeeding at three in the morning. Um, so we have our maternal mental health Utah Instagram where we talk about these things and we say, it's okay to ask for help. You are not alone. Hundreds, thousands of other moms are going through this exact same thing. Um, another thing we have is a brand new website that launched, it's not so new anymore, but back in February, where once a mom recognizes she needs help, she knows where to look for it. So it's just maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov and you can find a lot of different people there that have been trained in maternal mental health that are willing to help you from doulas to lactation consultants to midwives to doctors. Um, and then the other thing that a group of really amazing advocates are working on are advocacy. So they're helping us pass legislation and making sure that that moms, again, are not left out of the conversation and mental health conversations and substance use conversations and every single one. We keep saying, what about the moms? What about the moms? So important. Uh, Megan, let me bring you into the conversation here. You are a clinical social worker, so you have seen women in distress and, and dealing with postpartum issues. What are some of the risk factors that we need to look out for with moms in particular? So one of the biggest ones is just a previous history of depression, anxiety, or any other mental illness. Um, you know, high levels of stress due to financial issues, relationship issues, things like that. Um, there's a myriad of factors. And one thing that's important to keep in mind is certainly that having had maternal mental health complications in previous pregnancies increase that risk, but that also doesn't uh, determine whether or not they will ever experience them in later pregnancies as well. And so um, there's there's quite a variety of factors, but usually that, you know, previous history and also issues with hormone changes um, and other aspects of their lives. Yeah, there's a lot uh, that can go into it. And we always want to send the message. And I truly, truly believe this, that there is always hope right? There is always hope. I know in the thick of my own postpartum mood and anxiety disorder, I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't know that these scary intrusive thoughts that I was having was a 
common complication of a postpartum illness. Like just knowing that sheer fact alone brought me so much relief. I mean, there was a lot of work after that point, right? But just knowing that I, it wasn't, it wasn't normal to suffer like this, like something was going on. This wasn't just motherhood. This, I mean, the transition to motherhood is a whole nother conversation, right? But it wasn't just becoming a mom. There was something like actually clinically going on with me. And so just learning as much as I have about maternal mental health has been a real game changer. And it's why we are all having this conversation. So I appreciate you ladies joining to joining me today. Brooke Dorf is with the Utah Department of Health. She's the maternal mental health specialist. Megan Johnson is the co-founder of the Emily Effect and a certified social worker. We'll take a break more with these two on the topic of suicide prevention with moms when we come back. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're all doing well and having a fantastic weekend. Uh, you may have seen a lot about suicide prevention over the last week or so. This week was uh, National Suicide Prevention Day, and this month, uh, really aims to shine a light on suicide prevention. And it's a, a topic we can't talk enough about because the more people that realize that this is a thing and that people are dying by suicide, the more people we can help and can know that they're not alone. And I want to talk about this in the context of moms because I feel like moms are a group that often get left out of the conversation about being at risk for um, suicide. And a lot of that stems from... Uh, in the newborn phase when uh, you may have a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder. And joining me now, Brooke Dorf is the maternal mental health specialist with the Utah Department of Health and Megan Johnson. She is a uh, certified social worker. Ladies, thank you for joining me. Um, Brooke, we talked a little bit last segment about how this is a, a problem in Utah. One in three Utah women experience a, a postpartum issue. What is this what does this feel like for moms? I've been through my own. So can you kind of, um, if you could summarize what it feels like to have a postpartum mood disorder, would you, how would you do that? So, I mean, I guess we could go down some of the symptoms or again, what you're saying, what that feels like. So it can feel like, you know, needing way more sleep than normal or not enough sleep. It can feel like overwhelm, but there is a level of overwhelm that like every mom feels, but then there's the level where I can't function. I can't take care of myself or I can't take care of my child or children. Um, and that's where it becomes a problem. Um, there's also, you know, a level of concern where again, all it's hard to tell because all moms feel concerned for their children if they're a good mom. Right. <laughs> but um, it's that level of like, I can't function because I'm so concerned. I have to pull my car over every three seconds to make sure my kid is breathing or I can't walk down the stairs because I'm worried I'm going to drop my baby. I remember some of those exact thoughts and they're terrifying. And, and I have to kind of, this happened to me five years ago, right? Where I had my own postpartum anxiety and OCD. And I've talked about it many times on this show, but I often don't revisit it because it's been five years and I'm 100% healed from it, which is a message I was always looking for when I was going through it is it's 100% possible to heal from postpartum mood disorders. Um, 
And so sometimes I have to take myself back to that time and remember what it felt like. And I just remember those those intrusive thoughts that you're describing of just, what if I do this to my baby? What if I drop her down the stairs and you almost like picture it in a way? And it's mm-hmm. really, it's really scary. Yeah. And we see, so the Utah has a Facebook page called the Utah Birth Forum. And we see moms posting on there all the time saying things like, is this normal? Like, and and I think really the main indicator is if you have to ask if it's normal, then that means it's not normal to you, which means that you should get help anyways. Yeah. Whether it is normal or not, if it's not normal for you, if your partner noticed that, if your parent noticed that, or if you notice like, hey, I'm over under eating, I'm over under sleeping, I'm feeling this way, I feel like I have to be perfect. If you have to question that it's normal, get help anyways, ask the professional because you can't go wrong. And also the other thing that we really like to tell moms is that therapy can be preventative. Joining a support group can be preventative. Maybe you don't feel bad right now, but you might in the future. And those things change hour to hour, day to day, month to month. Um, Maybe you're feeling fine postpartum, but month nine, you're feeling super overwhelmed because you don't have the support anymore. And if you have built a relationship with a therapist or if you've started to go to a support group, then you already have a system in place of a place where you can go that feels safe and you can ask questions. Yeah. And that's a really important point that you say month nine, because a lot of us think about that postpartum period as being months one, two, and three. Megan, let me bring you into this, this question. What do you see moms uh, dealing with when they start dealing with a postpartum mood disorder? I think first of all, they feel a lot of confusion because a lot of us picture postpartum as simply postpartum depression, which most people conceive as being, you know, you can't get out of bed, can't function, or on the other extreme of, you know, having those intrusive thoughts, which of course, both of those things fall on the, the spectrum. But, you know, I often see that there, there's such a wide range on that spectrum. And it's, first of all, important to acknowledge that it can look like postpartum depression. It can also look like OCD, PTSD, anxiety, all of these different things. And most moms out there who are struggling with this are actually functioning they're just functioning um, at their own detriment in that it's taking so much and so much out of them to be able to function. And so I think that that's why it's often missed because we have this misperception. Um, A lot of times women are experiencing an increased level of anger and irritability. Again, not something that we typically identify with depression. And so this is often being missed both by clinicians and by moms because we aren't fully educated on what these symptoms look like. And it's so important. And that's why we need to be having these conversations with moms early and ahead of time and have that intervention because if this is the most common complication of childbirth, then it needs to be the most common conversation that we need to be having um, in all aspects of maternal mental health care. Megan Johnson is the co-founder of a nonprofit called The Emily Effect and a certified social worker, Brooke Dorf, with the State Department of Health, the maternal mental health specialist. We'll take a break more with these two. And of course, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. There's always hope. There is always help if you're dealing with any mental health crisis, not even crisis, just need a phone call. Or um, if you're a mother who's dealing with a postpartum mood disorder, you can call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. More on The Mom Show when we come back. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. (laughs) And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show 
It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. Hope everyone is doing well. I am Lindsay Ertz uh, today talking about suicide prevention risk uh, in moms. I feel like moms is a group that often gets left out of the conversation when we talk about suicide awareness and suicide risk. Um, And that's not to say that others aren't suffering, right? But it, it is just to say that this is a group that we really need to pay attention to uh, because moms are dealing with a lot out there and uh, our mental health matters a lot. Uh, So joining me now, Brooke Dorf is the maternal mental health specialist with the Utah Department of Health. And then Megan Johnson is a certified social worker and um, with the nonprofit, The Emily Effect, who works here in Utah to raise awareness about maternal mental health issues. Uh, Ladies, thank you for joining me. Brooke, talk to me again. Uh, We talked about this a little bit uh, in previous segments, but talk to me about the suicide risk for moms in Utah. So uh, moms in Utah, that's the second leading cause of death here in Utah. Um, 75% of our deaths have a mental health component for pregnant and postpartum moms. We talk a lot about postpartum moms, but this also includes pregnant moms who died by suicide, which is really important to remember. Um, and then also, you know, the the greatest risk is between nine and 12 months postpartum when support systems are gone, moms are gone, church has stopped bringing meals and partners are back at work, maybe mom's back at work too. Um, that's kind of when the weight of the world is on mom's shoulders and all of a sudden she's all on her own caring for somebody. She's graduated to being a mom of three all on her own or whatever. So those are things to keep in mind that, that this is really important and it, it affects moms greatly. Yeah, that is really important. We do get a lot of, you know, support around newborn time when the baby's born, right? And people offer their congratulations. And this is all well-meaning, but you're right. It, then it starts to fade and the casseroles go away and there's no more dinner in the freezer. And yeah, reality really sets in. So those nine to 12 months, it's really important that uh, mothers pay attention if they've had a baby within the last year, I would say. Uh, And I know clinically, it's two years postpartum, right, that you can still be at risk. And I have a nine, uh, how old is he? 20, 20 months, 21 month old. So technically, I'm still in this, this time frame. And, you know, looking back on the last two years, it, it makes sense that I could still be at risk for this because I have felt often like I'm on a roller coaster a little bit <laughs> with uh, with all the emotions. And, um, you know, I did experience a postpartum mood disorder after my first was born when she was five years old. And the crux of those started with those scary intrusive thoughts about harm coming to my baby. And it is National Suicide um, Prevention Month. And so I wanted to talk about this um, in terms of moms. Um, Megan, maybe I can start with you with this question. How do you know when your thoughts are, you know, I did have a lot of those thoughts about harm coming to myself and my baby, but I was never going to act on them and they were scary but I never had a plan and we talk a lot about suicide ideation and stuff like that. How do you know the difference between those thoughts? 
Yeah, that's a great question. It's so important for people to understand. I think the simplest answer is that if a mom is having those thoughts and she's recognizing those thoughts and the the um, intrusiveness of them and how they're not like her and this they're not something that she wants to act on, um, to be able to distinguish that, that I'm having these thoughts, yet it doesn't make sense. And I want to do something to make sure that I don't act on them versus I worry about a mom who's having those thoughts, who is feeding in and fixating on those thoughts and really isn't able to separate that difference between reality and that those thoughts are something that she's experiencing, but not something that are a part of her. Right. So the fact that they cause anxiety is almost a good sign. It means exactly. that they're, they're inconsistent with who you know you, yourself to be, right? They are, exactly. they're causing you distress, which means you're worried about them, which means you're not going to act on them. Yeah. You're in a place mentally where you can recognize the inconsistency in that and that something's not right. And then typically, you know, telling somebody about that too, um, is a good sign because you're recognizing that in yourself and wanting to reach out for help. And the, the flip side of that is moms, when they do have those types of thoughts, they're scared to share those thoughts because they're worried, you know, someone might take their children away. They're worried about what their partner or spouse will think of them. Um, but I, I want to be straightforward here and share with any mom who's having those kind of thoughts. The fact that you're having those thoughts, um, it says so much about where you are. And it's so important to be able to share those thoughts and to bring them into the light so that you can get the help and the resources that you need to help you to work through that. And your website, The Emily Effect, has a great page called Letters of Light where people actually share yeah. those stories, right? Uh, can, can you share with me briefly about your sister, Emily, who The Emily Effect is named after? Sure, I would love to. So Emily Cook Dykes is my sister who passed away just over um, four and a half years ago. She experienced uh, postpartum anxiety and struggled with this for about a year off and on. And it came to a head um, almost a year uh, after she had her fifth baby. And she experienced a panic attack while driving in the car with my dad. And as a result, um, tried to get out of the car and uh, experienced an auto pedestrian accident that took her life. And so as a family, we started a foundation in her name to raise awareness because we knew that there were other moms who were suffering. As we've talked about today, it's the most common compl complication of childbirth. And it's something that we don't talk about very much, which luckily we're getting better at that. And so we started this foundation to raise awareness, to help end the stigma behind these challenges that most moms are experiencing and to really connect other moms and to shed a light on this topic so that we can improve resources and help moms to feel like they have a safe place to have these conversations. Yeah, it is so important. I remember Googling, um, I don't even remember the exact phrase I Googled, but I Googled something like, does having scary thoughts mean you'll act on them? And mm -hmm. a, a website popped up that no longer exists, but it was basically a, a national group that tried to put maternal mental health issues into plain mama English for me. And it just kind of described this phenomenon of scary intrusive thoughts. And I was like, that, that is what's happening to me. And it just brought such relief to, to know I wasn't, for lack of a better term, going crazy. And, and something was happening to me. And I was able to get the help from that point on. So the work that you're doing with the Emily Effect is so important to inform and make people aware um, Brooke Dorf is with the state health department. You're working on a state level to, uh, really raise awareness and, um, and, and get moms the help they need. Brooke, what do you see as some more of these reasons why women, especially moms do not seek help for postpartum issues? 
Yeah, Megan listed a bunch of great ones that basically mean stigma, right? So moms are, first of all, worried that they're going to get their baby taken away. That's the biggest worry. They're going to think that um, their in-laws or their spouse thinks is going to think that they are an unfit mom. Um, and, you know, they're worried about CPS. Just to bust that myth right now, Um you, I mean, if you are having suicidal thoughts, they may put you in an inpatient facility, which may mean that your baby will go home with your spouse or your family, but they will not take your baby away. Utah has some laws that are protected. They want to keep families together and they want you to be better. Um, and so we want to make sure that moms know that. Um, the other thing is that they are worried about, um, you know, uh, finances, which is a really big issue. And so the cost of taking care of yourself um, with childcare and paying for therapy and, you know, any, everything that has to do with taking care of yourself as a mom, um, moms put themselves last and finances are really tight after having a baby or during pregnancy. Um, there are, again, resources in place to help people who can't pay for that financially. Again, if you go to maternalmentalhealth.utah.gov, you can see that there are places that offer therapy for free or on a sliding scale, and you can search by that. Um, often insurance covers that. We have WIC in the state. Um, they help moms with mental health, um, and they are a free resource to everybody, whether you qualify or not. So that's something that people don't know about. Um, there are, you know, people are worried about their family and just like so many, it's, this is such a complex issue. And there are many, many reasons that somebody could be scared of not, you know, coming forward and talking about it. Well, and let's just talk about the cultural pieces that exist out there for moms in general, right? Things that I know played into my postpartum anxiety and OCD, just things like this belief that, you know, mothers should be all self-sacrificing, right? And so when I hated getting up and changing diapers and I hated, you know, the work that comes with motherhood, I felt like such a failure because I was like, this is awful. Like everyone says this is worth it, but I'm not, I, I, I feel that now, but I, I was not having that experience at the beginning. And it, it really impacted me because I truly believed that I was not cut out to be a mother because I didn't love it the way every other mother seemed to love it. And I know now that that was a fallacy in my thinking, but I don't blame myself. There's a lot of that perpetuated out there. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I was just having a conversation with a friend where we're allowed to like 50% like everything else in this world, right? We can love the beach, but hate the sand in our car afterwards. Or we can, you know, we can love our job, but hate the person who burns the popcorn or whatever, right? There, I mean, we can like love being married, but get so irritated with our spouse, whatever, right? But you have to 100% of the time love being a mom, especially if this is your rainbow baby or if you experience infertility or, I mean, and if you don't love it 100% of the time, it means you're ungrateful. So we think, but that's not true. And, and we just know that, that, um, but, but society doesn't, you know, help us remember that often. Yeah. And there's also this belief that if you are, you know, like if, you don't want to be ungrateful because of heaven forbid something happened to your kid. Like you'd be so just ripped apart. Right. And, and we all feel that way. And so we have this notion that we can't not like it because we're supposed to be grateful. 
right? Because we yeah. don't like, of course we would be devastated if something happened to our kid. So I really had to separate like, just because I don't love these tasks of motherhood doesn't mean I don't love my kids and doesn't mean, you know, that I'm failing at motherhood. I just, I can love my kids without loving the tasks of taking care of them. Right. And you don't have to lose yourself and it's okay to take breaks and it doesn't mean you're ungrateful or a bad mom, right? Good moms have scary thoughts. Good moms are exhausted. Good moms hate changing diapers and all all of those things. And actually Emily, um, Megan, worked on um, this journal that really helps people kind of work through these problems. It's a great tool to kind of, you know, think about those things and, and reframe them. Yeah, so important. Brooke Dorf is with the State Health Department. Uh, Megan Johnson is with The Emily Effect. I'd invite you to go to their website to check out that journal and all of the good work that The Emily Effect is doing. We'll take a break. Uh, one more segment with these ladies when we come back on The Mom Show. Back inside the mom show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the mom show today. Thank you for joining us. We've been having a wonderful conversation uh, with two maternal mental health advocates in the state of Utah. Megan Johnson is the co-founder of the Emily Effect, and Brooke Dorf is the maternal mental health specialist with the state of Utah Health Department. Uh, Megan, let me start with you. If moms are dealing with suicidal ideation, meaning they're feeling like they could take action on some of their suicidal thoughts and correct me if I'm using the wrong terminology here what do they do yeah uh the biggest thing and probably the hardest thing at that point too is to say something is to open your mouth and to talk to somebody that you trust it's amazing um what that can do in terms of just opening the door and I know that when you're at that point it feels hopeless and that's why you're there um but simply opening your mouth and telling somebody that you trust so that then maybe someone can walk you through, take your hand and say, you know, we're going to get you help. Um, That looks like we have amazing resources. Now we have the Emily effect. We have a resources page there. We have our maternal mental health, Utah website, Um, very comprehensive list of resources there. PSI postpartum support international, their website. Um, Sometimes you actually need somebody to talk to some great resources for that or on PSI's website. Um, They have what are called PSI specialists and you can call someone that will pick up the phone um, in your area and they can walk you through on some resources. They're trained in maternal mental health. They've actually been through it themselves. Um, We have Help Me Grow Utah. That's also a great resource for that. And they can, you can also call them and they will screen you. They will also guide to resources. And I think that when we're in that crisis mode, um, it's so overwhelming. And so I give you these resources to help you know that there's someone who can pick up the phone that you can actually talk to, but it all starts with opening your mouth and uh, that will open the door to be able to get the help and the resources that you need. Absolutely. And of course, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Uh, Brooke Dorf, let me bring you into the conversation. Uh, We know that in Utah, one in three moms is at risk for depression or anxiety, pregnant or postpartum. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. One in three. That is such a high number. It feels like it's one in five nationally. So here in Utah, would you say that we're, we're experiencing a little bit more of this risk? 
Yeah, and um, if this segment is actually an hour long, we have 10 new moms every hour here in Utah. So by the time this segment is over, there will be three moms who will have either depression or anxiety during pregnancy or postpartum. So again, if you think about that, if you think about your in-laws, if you have five in-laws, two of them will probably have it. And so that's a lot of people, and we want to make sure um, that moms here know that it is common it's not normal and you definitely need to get help, but it's common and that's okay. And you don't have to feel ashamed. You are still a good mom. It means nothing about your motherhood or your parenting if you have these feelings or thoughts. And Brooke, how many other states have maternal mental health specialists? Because I feel like you're doing a fantastic job with the state of Utah. And I mean, how does this exist other places? We are the only state that has that, which is really exciting. And that was due to um, advocacy from moms telling their story, including you, Lindsay, um, up at the Hill um, and getting state funding for for my position at the health department. Um, And so with that, we've been able to train providers, clinicians, doulas, people all over the state, create this website and also um, work on the Instagram and and messaging for moms so that they know they're not alone as well. Megan, did you have something to add? I do. I just, it's backtracking a little bit going along the same lines as, you know, we're talking about prevention and what a mom does, um, what to do when they actually need to get help. And it's so important that we have those resources. And luckily we have more of those in our state now. But if we're talking about prevention and really um, more effectively helping moms, especially in our state, I think that that starts well before the postpartum period. It starts well before the third trimester. It actually even starts before pregnancy. And that comes through education, through that can start with each person listening to this show and having conversations with their girlfriends who are pregnant with their spouses and whoever, their family members about these issues and how common it is and to educate yourself. Um, And it's also recognizing that you know, depression, anxiety, and these other mood disorders, there's a wide spectrum of them. It's not just about when you're in crisis mode and you need help because you're having suicidal thoughts. It's about recognizing and catching it early and going and getting that help when you're just simply not feeling like yourself, when you're really struggling to function and it's taking everything out of you. And, you know, we know that prevention um, trumps cure any day. And so I just wanted to make that point that it's, there's so many things that we can do on all levels and on this far um, wide of a spectrum. And it really just starts with education and it starts with having conversations. And I'm hoping that this is becoming a more common conversation and every person listening today can use that as a takeaway to have conversations with their friends and family. Well, and let's talk about starting the process even earlier, putting systems in place that don't overwhelm moms, right? Having maternity leave available in our workplaces so that we're not so overwhelmed and trying to do all the things. Having a a culture that values mothers but doesn't idealize it, right? And values unpaid work that women do and just like this notion that we're supposed to have children like we don't work and work like we don't have children, right, in this country. And I feel like it can even start there. Our system is not set up to help mothers. It's not set up to to help us succeed, it feels like. And so it feels like no matter how hard you try sometimes, you're always going to be like dragging a cement block until we even change some of those things about our culture. Yeah. I agree. Amen. Right. So 
As we wrap up here, Brooke, why don't you just give me your final thoughts of hope for mothers who might be dealing with a postpartum mood disorder or even just in general having mental health issues um, as a mom? Yeah, I, the, the one message we always want to tell people is um, from PSI's tagline, this is not your fault. Um, and, you know, with help, you will be well. You don't have to do this alone there it won't always feel like this it's not always going to feel overwhelming and and you can talk to someone whether it's a stranger or one one of the three of us you can email us at emily effect or dm me on maternal mental health utah want somebody you will find a helper and that's the thing is we always want to tell people and and this one um mom wrote into me on our on our instagram a year ago and i will never forget it and she said speak up before it's too late and keep advocating for yourself which i know is exhausting when you're when you're having issues right that's one more thing you're asked to do but do not stop asking for help until someone listens to you because you're worth it your life is worth it and you will impact more than just yourself. You will impact your children, your family, um, it by making yourself better. Um, and and that's really the bottom line. There's hope. You don't have to feel like this forever. Such an important message. Brooke Dorf with the State Health Department. And Megan Johnson is a clinical social worker and with a nonprofit called The Emily Effect. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope we've helped even one mom out there. It, this will all be worth it if we have. And of course, we always want to mention the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-TALK. Uh, 1-800-273-8255. Ladies, thanks again. And thank you for joining us this week on The Mom Show.